Welcome to episode number 89 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media, and today brought to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. I'm so excited. It's been a while since I've seen this guy face-to-face, or at least Zoom-to-Zoom, or YouTube-to-YouTube, or whatever the heck we want to call this thing. Miguel Rojas of the Miami Marlins. What's up with the hair, man? What do you got? What do you think? You know, I went went with the uh, shorter hair. For all of you that uh, that are just listening, I just got a new haircut. I got a line on the side of my yeah. head, you know, a little line on my on my eyebrow. I feel like uh, I'm 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 looking younger. And I yeah. don't know, man. I, after having a, a, my my hair paint for, you know, I dyed my hair and I have it for a long time, so I feel like my hair was like kind of dry. And uh, I needed I needed to make a change, you know. I wanted to look a little bit more. You know, uh, respectable, I guess, in the the clubhouse and stuff. And uh, so I said, you know what? I'm gonna call up with caught up with all the all the color in the head and all that. So I'm gonna look I'm gonna look meaner this year. Okay, well, I gotta ask uh, first of all the opinion of a few very important people. Let's start with the boss. What does Mama think of it? Oh, she she likes it because uh, I mean it's, it's 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 different. You know, I never had the this uh this haircut before, and uh-huh. I mean she's enjoying it so far. You know. Yeah. Uh, I can't complain about that. And okay. uh, I mean, who who else you gonna ask for? Uh, you're you're you guys have the most stylish middle infield in baseball. I mean, Jazz right. is changing right. his hair color like every four days or something. <laughs> so what does he think? I don't know. He he saw me the other day. He he, he said that I look like the Miggy Row when I play with the with the he, not, not even with the Dodgers with the Reds. He said, <laughs> "Yeah, you look like an 18 year old Miggy Row." So um, yeah, I, I'm happy with it. You know, like I've been. Uh, First, uh, the first couple of days, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling that comfortable. But after that, you know, like I, I, I let it go and, and I embraced the, cha- the, the challenge and the change. Okay. You know, I'm an avid follower of you on social media. And you were doing one of the drills that, that, you know, my old shortstop, Omar Vizquel, made famous. Where yeah. the ball is flying at you and it looks like <laughs> it's not even touching the glove. How the heck yeah. do you do this, dude? So, so I guess I guess you you watch uh, Omar Vizquel videos, right? Yeah. Uh, doing this stuff on the street, shirtless too. Uh, I got the opportunity to see Vizquel doing this live, you know, in in baseball games pre pre game when they you know what we call the show catch when we play catch right in front of uh, the dugout uh-huh. right there. Uh, I seen I seen Vizquel doing that when I was like 13 years old, and I say I want to do that. I want to be able to do that. And I'm gonna learn how to do it. So I went home and I start practicing at home, throwing a little a little ball to the wall, trying to do it with my hands. And I always was blessed with you know having a good hands and and having the ability to do a lot of things uh, on defense. But uh, I mean that's something that I'm I'm really proud of. And I I got from the scale my favorite player. You know you always try to do something that uh, that your favorite player do. So I started doing it like that way, and and now uh, I just want to look like him. Okay. But Miggy, you you have to be able to you know, like you have to be born with that sort of skill set. Like if I tried that right now, do you know how many fingers <laughs> I would break? No, yeah. And then when I when the ball touched the gloves, you're probably gonna end up having it on your stomach. <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta be careful. And if they throw the ball up here, I mean, you gotta be able to uh, to keep it away from your teeth. So uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna say that it's easy. It's something that takes a lot of practice. And I mean, you have to have some kind of uh, special talent to do it because uh, thanks to the work and you take the time, you can uh, you can actually accomplish. Well, so there's always a lot of young kids that check into your episode because you're always so positive. Can like right. young people work on that and then be able to develop that skill? One hundred percent. I feel like if you if you take the time and just uh, ask your parents or your coach to throw you the ball. And, and don't spend too much time on it, you know, because this is something, this is flashy. This is not uh, routine things that you need to do on the baseball field. I don't want you to be practicing this in double plays. You're never going to need it unless you, I mean, you have to do like a crazy play, do or die in the World Series that you have to be this quick to throw a guy out of first base. I want you to be uh, secure the ball, you know, that's the most important thing I have to say. But it looks good. It's something that is going to give you like a hand and eye coordination and it's going to give you another, you know, an extra an extra talent of a skill set that you can use uh, to surprise and impress people. I feel like sometimes when when I was practicing 
uh, at 15 years old, uh, pro, uh, I was uh, kind of trying to sign a, a, a billy contract uh, and a scout came to, to town to watch me uh, do my tryouts and all that. And I did that during when I was like um, playing catch. So that way I impressed them a little bit. Mm. So I feel like I feel like that's a good strategy. So if you take time, you're nine, 10 years old, you start practicing, tell your dad to throw you the ball and trying to do it. You know, just let it hit right here in the palm of your hand and just put the hand like this far behind and just trying to catch it. That's it. Okay. All right. Good enough. You know, my buddies, Jimmy and Jake, they've gotten so big. Everybody wants to invite them to an event, sporting event, concert, whatever. But you out there, you're like me, Chris Rose. You need to buy your own tickets to the game. I got the perfect opportunity for you. Our friends over at SeatGeek. Go download the app right now on your phone. You can shuffle through there for your favorite sports teams. You want to get ready for the baseball season. They got great prices for you. It's all right there, just a finger touch away. You want to go to a concert? Go do that. You know, the last two years because of the pandemic have been very, very difficult, but people are getting back together. Be part of the crowd. And here's the cool thing. If you download it now, you use the code word ROSE, you're going to get 20 bucks off your tickets at SeatGeek for your very first purchase. So I want to get you in the great seat and I want to save you 20 bucks as well. And here's the cool thing. SeatGeek actually rates every ticket on a scale of zero to 10 to make sure you're getting a really good deal. So green, good. Red, bad. One more time. Green, good. Red, bad. Go get yourself a seat today. I've been using it myself because the Guardians are coming out west to take on the Dodgers in June. Fingers crossed to get the lockout over. Download the app, SeatGeek. Use the promo code ROSE. Save 20 bucks off your first order. We're going to have a blast today. We're going to catch up with your former uh, teammate, Christian Yelich, the former league MVP of the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, but we do need to catch up on some serious stuff. And, you know, listen, there's been an outpouring of emotion from the John Boy Media family and those of us that are big fans, those fans of the Rose Rotation, knowing that you lost your mother and your grandfather um, mm -hmm. in a week span recently. And we just want to tell you how much we love you and how much we appreciate you and just check in on you and how are you doing? No, I, I appreciate that. And I, I felt the love, not just in uh, during this episode, but uh, before when, when things happen, when things develop, uh, happens too quick, you know, for me to really uh, put in words what I, what I felt in that moment. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, I got to thanks all, all the fans, all the people that follow my career, follow um, these episodes and follow uh, whatever I've been doing in, in baseball because uh, because of you guys is is that I found strength to continue to be positive about life and and continue to go forward because uh, that's something that is never easy when you lose uh, two two persons in your life that you 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 I actually post something about my grandfather I thought he was a superhero I thought he was never gonna die and and I I like I was feeling that in my heart and I felt I felt that way my whole life. I thought that I was going to go back to Venezuela and I was always going to be able to see him and say hi to him and give him a hug. So it was, it was kind of, it was kind of hard. Uh, I knew my mom was going through, um, a lot of difficulties, uh, overcoming, uh, the situation that the cancer and, and all that. And I was kind of expecting a little bit more, uh, that that could happen at some, at some point, but it's never easy. And, and I found a strain on my family. Um, my wife, kids, uh, my sister, uh, and you guys, you know, thank you for, for the kind words and for being on top of me. Thank you, Chris, for, for checking on me almost every week since that happened, because it's, I, I wish I can tell you that it's been, it's been easy, but uh, it haven't, you know, uh, and I, I need to continue to, to focus on, on honoring them. And I did something, uh, a couple of days ago, I, and I want to, I want to reaffirm it here. I'm gonna be using wearing number eleven this year because that was a number that I wear that I wore when I was younger, playing in my little league games, and my grandfather was always my coach. So I want to have uh, this opportunity for him to watch me play in the big leagues with that number from heaven. So um, I'm doing this for for my family. I'm doing this because I feel it's the right move and the right way to at least honoring them on the field. Uh, where a lot of the things that they 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 taught me happens on the baseball field. 
Biggie, you know, I can only I say this as a friend and as somebody who has lost both his parents. Uh, my mom died 15 years ago. My dad almost a decade ago. And it it doesn't get easier. It's like what, what you do is and that's such a weird thing because we're all so afraid to say the wrong thing to our friends and somebody that we care about because we don't want to upset them or hurt their feelings. Um, but I love talking about my parents. I loved talking about my parents days after they passed away because they meant so much to me and it's okay. Like you're going to hurt, you're going to cry, you're going to laugh, you're going to smile and it's perfectly okay. You know, and you'll, you'll just, you have to rely on people that care about you a lot during the next coming months and, and years really. No. And, and now that I'm, that I'm actually more uh, happy and proud about the things that I did in life for my mom, you know, mm -hmm. we, we talked in a, a uh, very first couple episodes i feel like it was one or two we talk about my mom we talk about our 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 experience uh recording a, a, a desk for her and that way now i can go on spotify and listen to my mom every day of, of my of my life if i want to you know and that's something that i'm, I'm really happy that i did it and uh i mean we as a family we're gonna enjoy it for the rest of our life other than than the memories and and all that you know that, that we're always going to remember um the, the good thing about it is uh we will we will we will forever love them and they will forever be with us for sure that's great really beautiful words uh we got we continue to send you uh, happiness love and strength to you and your Thank entire you, family um appreciate that as you continue to get ready for the season you also have another job to do you are you're you're still the guy, right, for the Marlins, right? You're still yep. a player union rep. Let's... I'm still I'm still there, man. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you that it's it's being an easy off season. Huh. Uh, I wish I can tell you that everything is great, Chris. But uh, I mean, there's a couple of things. Well, we already mentioned one. I want to talk to you about the other one. That is uh, I mean, it's being uh, really frustrating. Uh, um, negotiations, you know, like it's been it's been really hard as a player to be in every one of those calls because it's, it's not something that we we used to you know but we prepare and we we're here for it and i mean we're going to continue to fight for what is what is right for for the for the players and for for um the the players that are coming after us you know like the ones that uh that they did when when um they fought for us in 94 95 2002 um those times are are actually uh, something that we can never forget. I got the opportunity to uh, share a fly with uh, David Concepcion, right? From mm -hmm. the from the Reds. I mean, I'm a big fan of uh, uh, King David, and and I was talking to him about he was one of the players on the the last strike, you know, in the last worst stoppage in baseball, and he told me how hard it was for him, you know, during those times. I think he was in the league for his just his second year he was part of two worst stoppage he, and it wasn't an easy career for him on that end so we gotta understand where like the people that sacrifice something for us to have to have what we have today you know it's not all of the sudden that we have this nice clubhouse nice ballparks nice salaries uh, all the things that you that that you think about that we're playing on right now is because others before us did the sacrifice to get where we are right now mm -hmm. and as a union we gotta we gotta continue to do the same you know we got the obligation of of being the ones that are strong right now for the future and for the present as well you know because uh, i mean i think we are in the middle of our careers and our careers is not that long and we need to fight for whatever it is uh whatever it is right and and that that's why that's another thing that i'm I mean, I'm focusing on, um, I'm getting ready for the season, but uh, at, at the end of the day, this is, this is way more important than, than, than what the people uh, thinks. Well, you know, we're taping this on a Friday and this is the day where, uh, you know, Major League Baseball yesterday had asked for a federal mediator to be a part of the negotiations. The Players Union came back today and said, no, thank you. Um, I certainly understand it. I get it because usually what a federal mediator will want to do is what's called split the baby, right? Just get this job. Their job is to get it done. And 
you guys have a lot more to lose in a situation like that than the owners do. And I think that fans have to certainly understand that. I would say this on baseball today, this week, Ploof and I were talking and he went back and asked his little league team made up of six and seven year olds. He said, name your favorite baseball player. Only two kids could I've even read, name. I read that today. Yeah. A baseball player. That to me, that's a little disheartening. It's a lot disheartening, somewhat shocking. And I wish that somebody would bring it up in a meeting when everybody is listening just for a second and to say, guys, I think we'll be fine. Like everybody in this room is going to be okay. We're all going to make a lot of money. The, the game will continue on for another, you know, but in 20 years, when those kids are 27 or 30 years old, they're not bringing their kids to the games. That could be a danger here. Yeah, I mean, and I agree with you. You know, we gotta we gotta think about that too. We gotta be we, we gotta be thinking about our fans and and everything that they they need in in uh, about about the players of uh, the baseball players and every everyone that is involved with baseball needs to have responsibilities to get this thing going. You know, and 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 that's the thing. We need to uh, we need to go to work and. I don't think we need a mediator, to be honest with you. Like, this is my personal opinion. Mediator for, for something that we, we know we can go in a table and, and, and just continue to, to talk to, through negotiations, you know? Like, the mediator, like, I mean, in the past, in, in history, having been working the right way, the, the, the way that we, uh, we should expect this thing to end, you know? And mm-hmm. and for us players, I don't, I don't. We don't think we need a mediator right now to talk about the things that that we need to talk on on a table. So uh, that's where we are right now. You know what we need? We need a lighten mood. Mm-hmm. This is some heavy stuff. So we need our buddy Christian Yelich to show up, like he just did. What's up, guys? Nice hat. Bro. What's up? What's <laughs> up, Papito? Wait, wait a second. You- this is to make you feel right at home. It is. I haven't talked to you in a while, dude. Usually, you know, eat both of you, actually. I know. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. So let's talk about some fun stuff. You guys used to be teammates down there in Miami. Mm-hmm. Yelly, do you remember the first time you met Miggy Rowe? Um, I mean, it had to have been spring training at some time. I don't remember what. I mean, probably 2015, right, Miggy? That's when you yeah, got it was in 2015. Over? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. You were probably you were probably sitting on the floor cross legged and Martin was probably talking to you about something in his locker. <laughs> oh yeah. I was uh, I was uh, I was right next to Martin like all the time and I would just wanna I just wanna be uh Martin Prado next kind of player, you know? Uh emulate. Yeah, great guy to try exactly. and Martin's the man and like awesome teammate, as you know, and obviously a really, really great player. So what did you think? What do you think of Yelich? You know, uh, bonus baby draft pick, you know, stud weighed about 130 pounds when he got up there. What'd you think of him, Miggy? No, actually, actually, I got to meet Jelly. Uh, uh, I don't know. Well, you, you should you should remember a little bit in Jacksonville. We play we play mm-hmm. against each other for like a series or something like that. And Yelich yeah. didn't really impress me that much in double A, you know, like I felt <laughs> like Jelly was a. You know, like it was a, an okay player. When, when you see a player for a series, you know, like you, you see this skinny kid. That's why I could never be a like a like a uh, a scout or or anything like that. I feel like I'm I'm I don't know how to compare players in the big leagues with guys that are 19 years old in Double A. So uh, when I when I when I next see him in the spring training, it was a total like different dude. You know, like he was the guy, and and I mean. Seeing coming coming to the ballpark every day with the same kind of converse, the white converse. I, I, I'm 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 betting you he's wearing converse right now. Uh, so, I, got no uh, I got no shoes on right now. I'm barefoot, <laughs> yeah, I still wear. Yeah, I still well, wear like I dress pretty simple still all the time. Like I don't I don't care. I got man. nobody to impress, you know. So exactly. So you you see this guy rolling in with his with with his converse hoodie uh, and get get ready to smack some baseball. And when you see him on the field, it's different. You know, like he's all in. He's uh he's trying to steal bases, making plays in center. He was playing left at the time, but uh, um, I mean, hitting balls, hitting all for homers in spring, uh, complaining about like not being a good hitter in spring training because uh, I mean, 
he he was just getting two hits or whatever. Like you know, that's that's the kind of that's the kind of jellish that I got to know. It's pretty. Well, you know, it's one thing to like look at a guy like Giancarlo Stanton. You look at him and you're like, yeah, that's a future MVP. Like I could see that. Right. Did you did you ever think that Yelich could be an MVP? I mean, when I when I watch him play in the big leagues, yeah, yeah, for sure. But I mean, I I knew he couldn't. I, I probably not in Miami. But as soon as he went out of Miami, I like and he started he started playing in a better ballpark uh-huh. for a hitter. I, I definitely thought you know the twenty homers in Miami will convert into like way too many. Yeah. More. you know you know you know how many times Jelly fly out to uh, to the warning track in left in left field in Miami. <laughs> that that was absurd. Yeah. He, he could have hit like three sixty. That place year. sucks. I, I can say it now, but yeah, that place sucks. To hit at, it's a nice stadium. It's a nice stadium, and I definitely like love my time in it. But as far as trying to be a hitter there, it's it's not a not a great time unless you're John Carlo, where it doesn't really matter. Hey everybody, what I'm about to say might completely shock you, but the greatest quarterback of all time. He's not only the goat on the field, but he is the goat when it comes to investing. You might be familiar with his work in stocks and in crypto, and now art. And now you can invest just like the GOAT as well, thanks to Masterworks. Now, Masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares representing an investment in art forms and icons like Picasso and Monet. So you can be one of those real cool people that can talk about the artsy stuff as well. And even greater than that, art prices outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% from 1992 to 2021. Did you hear me loud and clear? by 164%. In fact, early investors already received over 30% IRR 2020 and 2021 from the sale of two paintings. Now, over 300,000 people have already signed up. So all you have to do, you get priority access with Masterworks game day promotion. You log on to masterworks.art slash rows. That is masterworks.art slash rows. And also, while you're there, see important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. So be a part of the cool gang out there and go follow your dreams. So did it? Did that switch for you the minute you got to Milwaukee? Did you know that you could be MVP dude when you got up there? Uh, no. I mean, I think there was like there was so many things that went into it. Um, I mean, I think that was probably the farthest thing from from my mind um when i got traded like i didn't think i wasn't trying to win the mvp or thinking i could win the mvp um it was weird like when you when you get traded it's like that was my first time being traded obviously so it's your first time going through a new season with new teammates and in a new home ballpark so everything's kind of new for you at the time and you know, I think sometimes fresh starts are good. You know, it kind of rejuvenates you a little bit. Uh, we were supposed to be a pretty good team at the time. I think the year before they'd missed the playoffs by like a game or something mm-hmm. like that. And it was a really young core, a lot of young guys, uh, a lot of guys that nobody had really heard of yet, but were really talented. Um, you know, obviously everybody knows them now because they've been around for a few years and been kind of the core of our team. But for me, I was just trying to contribute and, and do my part. I was, I was hitting them at the top of the order with low cane, you know, we were switching off as lead off or hitting second uh, for the majority of the year until, you know, I kind of got hot a little bit in the, in the second half and started hitting second and third and not as much lead off anymore. But I was really just trying to do my part on a, on a good team and, and contribute and help us win and made some in-season adjustments, which, you know, who knows how intelligent that really was, but it ended up, ended up working out. And I got hot. I got hot for a few few months and uh, ended up winning the award. But I think if you ask people, even at the All Star game, who was going to win the MVP, I would have gotten I would have gotten zero guesses. You know what I mean? And including myself, like I didn't I didn't think that was going to happen. And then you know, it just kind of how it worked out. But um, it's how it is sometimes. It's awesome. Uh, I do want to take you back to Miami real quickly. You had a chance to be around Ichiro. Mm-hmm. As a young player, both of you guys, what was the coolest thing or what is the best story? Yelly, you could start about hanging out with Ichiro. I mean, personally, for me, I thought it was just like cool being his teammate. I grew up watching him. You know, I think what well, his first year in the league was 01. probably 01, right? So yeah. I was 
11 years old at the time. And <laughs> so you got to watch him for a long time before you're even in the league. You know, like he's right. He's the man. He's doing it. He's all these things and definite Hall of Famer and all that. And so when you're playing with them, it's like one of those, like you have a few moments in the big leagues where you're like, oh shit, like this is actually the, the big leagues, you know? <laughs> and that was, that's like one of them where you're like, oh yeah, definitely teammate. That's each over there or teammates, you know? And for me, like, I think personal, like my personal favorite coolest moment with him was after he got his 3000th hit, he was playing center field. I was playing left field. So he just got his 3000th hit. We have the whole, everybody comes on the field and says what's up to him. Congrats, all that. And then the inning ends and we got to go on defense and, and play out and, and play the bottom half of the inning in Colorado. And me and him are walking out together to, to the outfield and kind of just talking to him about, whatever how cool was it he got his 3000th hit and then i had like this oh shit moment when we're playing catch out there i was like the whole world like all of japan everybody in this entire stadium is going to be looking at ichiro in between innings right here so like i sure shit can't like throw a ball over his head in between innings and he's like running to the fence after he just got his 3000th hit so <laughs> that's something that uh that's something that i always remember and um he's such a cool dude though and he's like a regular guy I like to joke around in the clubhouse like super super nice guy and um you know i really enjoyed the few years we got to play together i heard he was a great shit talker too and spoke way <laughs> way more english than anybody yeah, and some spanish too like he, he spoke some spanish, some spanish english, english. Yeah. Like he, he, he knows he knew a lot more than people people believed i think mm. our team teammates all knew like he spoke really good english and some spanish but as far as like people outside the game or outside the clubhouse um he definitely had them fooled a little bit i think maybe uh for no for me it was uh just a privilege to to watching hit bp you know you watch ichiro hitting hitting in the game and you never believe that his approach in bp is from pitch one is to hit balls in the upper deck, poolside. So I mean, it was it was weird to uh, to watching every single day and understanding why he was working on that. And until until like you have the opportunity to ask him, you know, like probably other teams that, that they're not they're not teammates with him, they can you know they can understand why he he was uh, hitting in a home run derby every time he was hitting BP, even when he was playing in the cage, he was trying to hit pull homers every single time. And uh, I think it was I think it was a privilege to watch Ichiro at the age of I don't know what age he was over there, like 41, 42 maybe, uh 39. I don't I don't yeah, even remember. Like that. But uh, <clears throat> Ichiro Ichiro hitting homers like he was 30 years old, you know, more power than than Chewy <laughs> than also or 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 G and BP, you know, he made all of the guys in our team look smaller than him. When he was like 140 pounds and and five ten or something like that, and that 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 for me is something that I will never forget. And and I think he told he told his uh, he translated some days that uh, that some things in Japanese the the reporters didn't know uh, what he was talking about. And the the translator I could see on his face that he he had to make it up for each you know because he he was saying something else. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think that happens a, a lot times. of time. <laughs> Did either oh of you guys God. ever try and get in on his stretching routine or no? No, I don't, I don't know if I have. It's untouchable. It's impressive, though. His, his routine, like super routine oriented, I think, is another thing that you could describe him as. Like it was whether he was playing or not, it was show up at the stadium at the same time, same amount of flips, same pregame routine, same in game routine. Like everything was just exactly the same every day he he threw he threw long toss every single day uh make uh marcelo suna arm her after yeah. like <laughs> i don't know how many days so uh he did he heard uh Osuna's arm throwing long toss for like five days in his spring training <laughs> because Chewie wanted Chewie wanted to be uh his his throwing partner so bad that he was he was throwing with Ichiro every single day in spring training for five days, and Ichiro was making go like almost to the wall, and uh, he make he make Osuna's arm hurt. I remember that. Who's got more style, Yelich, Ichiro, Miguel Rojas? I mean, Ichiro, but for, for this reason, he he wore a shirt like in, I think it was in spring training, maybe. 
I don't know, Maggie might right. remember this. He, I mean, Maggie probably remembers the story, but uh, he we didn't know it at the time, but he would wear it. He wore a different shirt like every day for a week, I think it was. And, and, and I could be like misremembering this a little bit, but I think Alan, his translator, was saying like every time, every shirt that he wore that week was like the best selling shirt in Japan that day. Like everything, like, because there's such a big media contingent that follows him around. You know, everything he does, he lived his life like he was the president. You know, like this guy, everything he did, everything he wore, like it's, it's, it was national news in, in Japan. And, uh, I think every day he wore a shirt and then the last day he wore a shirt that said like, this is the last one on it or something like that. And then he was, he was basically setting trends. I don't know if you remember that or not, Mickey. And I, don't I remember, I remember. It's yeah. something like that. Right? And like, remember, remember the bags that he used to bring to the Volper? Yeah. Like bags really weird and bags. And, and pants. Yeah. Like he was, he was all kinds of like. Oh, he was a, he's a rock star, man. He's a rock star. Well, yeah. especially in Japan. Every, like Jelly, like Jelly was saying, everything that he was wearing, it was trending in Japan, like like immediately, like everybody will will go to the store and get it. So I will give it to Jelly over there. I mean, he got so much swag. Yeah, in Japan. Hard, I don't, I don't know. A hard if comparison it, to make right there is because like yeah, exactly. I mean, this guy is yeah. I don't I don't even know who you would compare him to in the in the states as far as like like fashion icon or literally just like national icon. Like I don't even know if there's anybody in the United States that you could even put on the same level as him. Miggy, he does not have your Jordan game. He doesn't. He doesn't have that. It's a respectable. It's a respectable collection. Miggy's got. I see him posting it all the time. And dude, look at this. I, I thought I was in a Nike store or something. It is a Nike <laughs> store. Jeez. There you go. No, I. I mean, I. Jelly, no. I always like shoes, and I always have uh, shoes hanging out on my locker, and I have. I have so many like good teammates too. You know that uh, that helps me get to this point i remember when we played with cameron maven he um he actually showed up to spring training one day with a pair of shoes for me you know oh. gio gonzalez gave me like five pairs of jordans last year you know oh, yeah. gio, gio's the guy if you uh, want jordans gio's, gio, gio's your man. guy he was giving us everybody on the brewers when you play there you get trade over and like the whole team's wearing them hp all those guys had had jordans he was getting them for the coaches yeah gio's the man dude damn so, so you're, you're not, yeah, like I said, you're not doing it by yourself. We will be right back to the Chris Rose rotation. But first, how about the big game? Super Bowl 56. Big game. Super Bowl. Literally. It's happening in DraftKings Sportsbook in honor of said game. is giving you 56 to 1 odds. That's $5 and you win 280 in free bets. Ooh. I like that. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York. Means you can almost bet from a third of the country now. Geography, interesting. And you get a free shot at $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code ROSE and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code ROSE, R-O-S-E, at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 plus. Minimum age and location requirements may vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. A lot of people are probably wondering, so what are you doing to pass the time and all sorts of stuff? Uh, Yelich has become a TikTok star. I don't know if you know this, Miggy. I don't know if you follow him on I ha- TikTok. I, ha- I, haven't, I haven't seen it because I don't have TikTok, <laughs> but I, I need to check it out. Okay, what is well, he doing? We- let, me, let me see a video or something. Yeah, we'll, we'll give you a taste of this one. Give a listen here, and then Yelich, you got to explain what, what happened in this. Here we go. Uh-huh. It's no big I think, I think it's too late now. Um, you are Christian Yelich, so uh, I'm happy for you. But uh, eventually they're going to figure out this whole MLB lockout thing and baseball's going to start up again and uh, the team will reach out. They'll have spring training dates and uh, you'll have to report to that. So uh, once I get those, I'll make sure I uh, DM them over to you or something. Uh, also, uh, equipment staff's going to reach out. They're going to want to know sizes, cleats, 
uh, you know, kind of brand preferences, um, that whole deal. Um, we get you some bass too. Uh, make some calls. Make sure you get the uh, the right size, right model, uh, right company. Um, so you can go out there and have some success. Um, it can be hard and all that, but uh, you know. <laughs> what the hell was that? Yeah, I think so. I work with some people that help me out with some social media stuff, and uh, okay. they're very they're really good at what they do. And, you know, just, uh, we saw that I was trying to get my username, which my username is, uh, you know, Christian Yelich or all of them on all my, like Twitter, Instagram, whatever. I'm not a big, I'm not a huge social media guy, but all my, all my names on there, just like my name. Right. So I was trying to do that on TikTok and it was like, oh, your username's taken. I was like, what do you mean? It's taken. Like there's, (laughs) and then so I was trying to do like another one like just put like an underscore on it or like a one or 22 something all of them are taken i was like what is going on here how come i can not get my own name on and it's not like it's a super common name or anything exactly. um, you know so i was like what's going on i can't even, i couldn't even get a, a tiktok thing so then tiktok helped out a little bit and um you know finally got like christian dot yelich and then uh, I forgot what happened exactly. Oh, the first one was like the the stepbrothers, like standoff one of the two the two names, which I thought was pretty funny. And then uh-huh. that one came, and she ended up making that video, and I didn't see it till later in the day. And I was like, you know, it'd be kind of fun if we just like, um, you know, pretended like, hey, you're going to be the one. You want to? You have my name, so you want to be the. You're going to be the one that's going to go to the spring training for the Brewers, and you're going to play the season. Like I'll, I'll take the year off and hang out, and uh, we'll just get you all your sizes and your equipment, and you know, like have at it. You're in the show now. But uh, I didn't think it was gonna. I mean, I had like I don't even know what it was. I think I had what? I think I had like a hundred followers at the time, and like that video has been viewed like two and a half million times. So I definitely didn't think it was going to go as, as as big as it did, but you know whatever i was bored and it was, <laughs> I, had some time I need to, to check that. i need I to check it out now <laughs> kind of funny so you know nice so, bat by the way yeah is that yes. a yellow sign bat yeah uh, it's uh something that uh to the original papito i mean i mean a lot of memories man what a team huh <laughs> what, what a, a team, team that was. Of, i mean still friends with a lot of those guys on those teams which isn't isn't too common where guys like go on their yeah. separate ways and still are like buddies. So uh, definitely a, a tight knit team and um, a lot of good memories there. Do you guys ever sit there and think, I know Miggy, you must because you're still there, but Yelly, do you ever sit there and wonder what could have been if guys had stayed? Yeah, I think, it, you know, it gives you a, a great appreciation for, for how hard it really is to win and be on, on winning teams. Um, you know, it takes talent obviously, but it takes a lot more than, than talent. And, um, there's some luck involved there and, um, you know, for whatever reason we, we came up short some some years, I think we had a lot of talent on that team and talent that came through, um, the organization, but for whatever reason, we weren't really able to, to take that next step, get into the playoffs and, and do that whole deal. But um, it's just how it works sometimes. And when you finally make it there, you have a, a pretty good appreciation for how hard it is to actually accomplish that. And um, I was happy for the, happy for those guys when they were able to do it in, in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, reach out to Miggy, reach out to Donnie, and, you know, just realize how difficult that is. And, and I knew how long, how long that's been a goal for. Um, you know, not that that's the end all be all goal. Everybody wants to win a world series, but in order to win a world series, you have to get in the playoffs and the more times you get in the playoffs, the more chances you give yourself. So I think that's a great goal for every team to start the year. Cause everyone says in spring track, Oh, our goal is to win a world series. Well, like, yeah, of course, but you should have steps and, and, and milestones along the way. And like, and, you know, I think winning the division is a good one, making the playoffs and then eventually winning the world series. Um, so when they're able to accomplish that goal, I was, I was very happy for those guys and realized, you know, how much some of those guys had been through over there and realized, you know, how much it meant to them. So I, I was extremely happy for them. And, um, you know, they got a good team now too, you know, really good young team, a lot of good pitching. Uh, I know they got a lot of good young players on the way. So um, I'm sure that were 
going to be battling it out over the next couple of years and uh, in the not too near future, hopefully. Yeah, you know what? When uh, when Miggy's managing that team in about seven years, yeah, yeah. Miggy's just gonna be there forever, man. He's he's gonna be a Marlin. He's gonna play there forever. I uh, I hope, man. I hope. Uh, you know how much I like Miami, and I I actually stay at home. You know that's. I mean, when Gelish come here, he, he, he shoot me a text or whatever, and we we go have dinner and I mean refresh all the memories from from being here in Miami. And for me, it's amazing to have this opportunity. And I wanted to share the same thing, uh, making it to the playoff after all that we have to go through. And for me, I mean, I was like, I was living this, the, the, the dream of a lot of players that leave the organization. Mm. Because one way or another, you're always going to be tied to that organization. Same with me. You know, when, when the Dodgers like, end up winning the, the, the World Series a couple of years ago, uh, I was so happy for Jack Peterson, for Clayton Kershaw, for all of those guys, you know, Justin Turner. I, I got to play with them and I got to understand how hard it is for, and it was for them to get to that point, you know, to overcome a lot of things, to win a World Series. And I mean, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm the, I think the, long, the lonely Marlin that stayed in this, this team uh, from, from that decade and from, from that time that we spent together. But it was a special bond and, and everything that we went through, I feel like um, made a really special group of guys. All right, a couple more minutes here with Christian Yelich. We appreciate the time. Um, what's the coolest thing you did this offseason? Coolest thing I did this offseason? Um, you travel? Yeah, I did some traveling. I've kind of been on the wedding tour a little bit, kind of at that age where a lot of people are getting married. So I've been to some, some pretty cool weddings. Um, Any show weddings? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh what do we got? Yeah, there's been some pretty. There's there's been some cool ones, and then a little you're bit. Not of give me one name, huh? You're not gonna give me one name. One big time wedding you went to? Oh, I can't name the. I can't name the wedding, but it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was incredible. Nicest nicest wedding I've I've ever been to, and probably probably will ever go to. In, in my so life. it was one of these where you had to sign an NDA, like do. You know, it, it wasn't it wasn't a <laughs> wedding, but it was. Uh, I'll definitely, I'll definitely never. I I feel fairly confident saying I'll never attend another wedding that's as nice. Yeah. Okay, so what you, you don't you don't have to give us the couple. What was what separated it from just I do I do I'm in love with you. What's? Uh, I mean, it's it it it's almost impossible to like, yeah describe just like the whole it was a it's a it was a three-day thing like just each day individually would have probably been the nicest wedding i've, I've ever been to <laughs> <laughs> so then you then you combine the you combine the three and you're just like you know what like yeah this is this is it so that was there you go cool. that was that was that was his vacations yeah, so yeah, that wedding itself came i made it to my i made it to miami for a few <laughs> days i wasn't i wasn't there uh a super long time, but got to catch up with some some old friends out there and some people that um, I've seen. So that was that was cool. Um, but yeah, nothing nothing too crazy, honestly. Just uh, oh, damn, is that your dog? Huh? Is that your dog? Yeah, I'm sorry. One second. No, no. Hey guys, come on. I want to see this thing. <laughs> Holy, is it, are you sure you don't have a grizzly bear living in your house? He sounds a lot more. He sounds a lot more vicious than he uh, than he really is. What is he? Here, Milo. Come here. See if we can lift one of these guys up. There's two of them. Oh, this guy. This oh, Cooper. what a cute dog! Oh, look at that yeah. guy, Bernadoodle. And then the other guy is uh, gray and black. Same kind of dog, though. All right. Awesome. But nice they sound body. a lot more. Uh, they sound a lot more vicious than they are. Yeah. Um. I'm curious real quickly about the wedding. If you go to one that's that show, what the hell do you get them as a wedding gift that would actually, I, don't, I'm, I mean, I'm open to ideas because I haven't done it yet. I'm oh. kind of thinking like, it's just like, I, I really just don't, I don't know. I think it's probably just like more of the gesture than the actual like item that you give them because it's like, okay, thanks. But you know, yeah. Were there a lot of famous people there? Um, not really. I mean, in, in, in some circles, maybe, but uh, nobody like nobody like movie star famous. I wouldn't say no. 
All right. Do you still keep in touch with my buddy Baker Mayfield? Yeah, I talked to him. I talked to Bake maybe a week ago, week and a half ago. I think he's out. He's out here doing his, his rehab. I think. He so, um, yeah, just hoping he heals up and and gets healthy. And you know, tough tough year you for your Browns this year, Rose. You and me both, brother. That's how that's how sports goes, man. Sports is, um, you know, it's an unforgiving world, and especially when you're you're an NFL quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of I felt for him this year. I understand some of what he went through. I don't think I can completely relate, but I understand to an extent. Um, you know, but you've met him before. You know him. He's he's a great guy. I feel like a great teammate. Um, tough kid, obviously, going out there with what he ran out there with for 15 weeks or whatever it might have been. Yep. But, um, no, I, th- I still think he's going to be good. He's going to rest up. Um and hopefully next year they have a great year. They got a they got a good team, but that's a tough division, man. You got the, the Bengals, obviously are pretty good. They're playing the oh, Super Bowl, stop. and then you got the Browns and Ravens, and you know, I guess maybe the Steelers. Who knows now? But how did you do in uh, fantasy football this year, Jelly? Terrible. My team was shit. Maybe it was terrible. <laughs> I thought man, it was gonna you be gotta, hey, I thought it was gonna be you gotta pan it up. We you gotta pan it up with me, man. Hey. I I made I made it to the final last year again, and this year I end up getting the third place. So what's your team I mean, name? Now? It can't be the. It's not the Trace Amigos anymore, right? Is it? Is it Tres Mierdas now? Is it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the the three shits. Oh, man. because I I I yeah I got a I got new uh, new trainer staff and, and and so I call him I call him the Tres Mierdas. So yeah, uh, Dustin's not there anymore. Then obviously yeah. Uh, Martin's not there anymore, right? Martin, Martin, don't even—he's golfing every day now. He's not—he he don't want to talk to me anymore. I guess. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I gotta chase him. I gotta chase him around the, the golf course in Miami. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> let him enjoy the retired life, man. You know <laughs> exactly. exactly. What's your team name, Yelich? I don't remember what they were this year. Oh, one year, well, two years ago, it was a—I can't share the name of it. But it was geared towards the uh, the body issue. It had something to do with that that year. But mm-hmm. I can't I can't say the name of it on here because it's just like it's not what, a super what, what appropriate call, name. Right? What do you call your name with uh, Jake with Marisnik? Uh, it was it was something it was something funny. <laughs> so I can't we can't say uh, that one either. Like I was Jesus, terrible. We can't, <laughs> you know we're just screaming. <laughs> I'm always picking terrible fantasy football names. But uh, I've had some good teams. I've had some good teams in the. Uh, over the years, but this year was not. A lot of guys got hurt, man. A lot of guys got hurt and just didn't didn't work out, you know. All right, so you know we we had the whole Pete Davidson thing where he went down and took BP with you and everything. But now that you live in California in the off season um, again, and he's spent a lot of time out here with Kim Kardashian. Has anybody, when you're wearing a mask out in public, been like, "What's up, Pete"? Where's Kim? I, I need to dye the I need to dye my hair blonde and like sharpie on some like tattoos and stuff and see what happens. <laughs> he's, he's killing it these days, you know. I think uh I think when I met him and we were doing that whole deal, that was I think that was probably like 2015 too, 2014, 2015, yeah. somewhere around there. So um he's obviously uh he's obviously taken off and he's killing it right now, which is which is super awesome to see. Um uh, just like what his life's become. It's been incredible. So good for him, man. I'm, I'm happy for him. I really thought somebody would mistaken you like in a man, like this picture where he's walking with Kim Kardashian, like from a hundred yards, that could be you. Man, It looks like, I mean, right. You, you don't even, you don't even know when they were hanging out in the outfield, like kind of the same height and everything. That's, yeah. He's a tall guy. I got like, yeah, there's a picture three, of us like four. side by side. There's a picture of us <laughs> side by side somewhere like in, uh, in street clothes. Cause, uh, I met up with him after, after that, like, I don't know, a year or two later, but, um, yeah, I think, I mean, there's not a day, there's really not a day that doesn't go by to where somebody doesn't say like, Hey, do you know, you look like Pete Davidson? Like I, I get that <laughs> honestly, <laughs> almost every, every day, but there's worse people to, there's worse yeah. people to have a look alike right now, I guess. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I think the blonde hair, like if I change my hair color and maybe, uh, you know, put some of those tattoos and stuff. Yeah, the henna tattoos. I, yeah, go for that. Yeah. Neck, can, can, you, can you imagine jellish with uh, blonde hair and, and some ta- neck tattoos? Right. It's a good oh, Halloween costume. Or maybe I'll show up to the first day of spring training like that. Yes. Like, 
watch man, everybody that freak out. Be... Now I'm on to something. I like yeah, that. Have everybody think I lost I like my it. mind in the offseason, just got like all these tattoos and dyed my hair. Like, awesome. <laughs> Get all in costume. So we, might, we might pull that one out next year, actually. I like all it. Right. I like it. All right, dude, let's uh, spin the wheel of moderately interesting things and let you get back to your life to prepare for the end of the lockout and hanging out with Pete and Kim. Here we go. Stevie's wondering. Uh, we're in the area of being very superstitious when it comes to baseball. What is your biggest superstition? Ah. Uh... Honestly, I don't really have any anymore. I, don't, I think I may have at the beginning of my career, but now it's just like people ask that a lot because people think they see like baseball is a pretty superstitious sport. But I think you play too many games to be superstitious. Like it's too many days to remember how to do the same thing. So, so I, would you, you like to, a different? Would you like? Yeah, a if we want question? to spin the wheel again, like we can spin the wheel again. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Actually, spin the gonna, bottle, Rose. Let's see here. Uh, oh, I always like this one. Wild ride. What was your first car? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, my first car was, it was a truck, actually. It was a, a black truck. I think, I'm trying to remember like what it looked like. It was black. A, yeah, it was a, yeah, it looked black. It was a black, it was a black truck. It was, it was kind of nice. It was like nothing, nothing like super crazy. I bought it from. It was a uh, Cutter Dykstra's old car, actually. I ended up buying it from him after he was like in Pro Bowl. Hold on, Lenny Dykstra's kid. Mm-hmm. We went Lenny to high school Dykstra. together. Yeah, so we went to we went to high school together, and I forgot how I ended up getting it from him or what how that worked because it was so long ago. It was fourteen years ago, but uh, yeah, that was my first car. Oh my god! Did like cool story attached to it, you know? Yeah. What do we got? Nice. Oh, that's just I don't remember exactly how I mean, we were teammates for two years in high school. I know that. But then I don't remember exactly how like the, hey, I'm selling my truck combo went. But obviously it happened at some point and it ended up working out. Might be a few interesting um, stories coming out of that truck. If you know what I mean? Potentially. I mean, I can't confirm. <laughs> Biggie, what was your first car? Uh, my first car was a Toyota Corolla. Uh, back in Venezuela, it was like a 2005. Uh, it was a nice car because I mean, it took me everywhere that I need to. I bought it with my first paycheck when I when I signed as a as a free agent in Venezuela. So it was cool, you know. Like uh, well, I always gonna remember the first car because I bought it with my own money, and I mean, it happened because of baseball. And you know, That's sweet. What are you driving now? I'm driving a. A nice, I, I, I nice car now. What, yeah, what are you driving now? Maybe tell us, tell everybody what you're Come driving. Come on, man, now. what do we got? I, six of them. Tell I us. I got a, I, I got a Lambo after after this last year. <laughs> you I got did? a Lambo, the, the Urus. Yeah. What color is it? So you're bad. It's, it's white with uh with red interior. So, I'm okay. I'm driving I'm driving well right now. So not one mile an hour over the speed limit. You got me. Not one. Man, I got a ticket the other day. What? Yeah, the, the the police officer claimed that I was uh, thirty miles per hour over the the thing, and I got the max fine. And I oh. I I, I believe that I wasn't I wasn't going 30, 30 miles per hour because it was here in Miami in a I mean street like street that it was a thirty mile per hour limit, and I was like I was going like forty seven I I think so. I, I still deserving the ticket, but not for sixty. You know, sixty. Man, 30 you caught, a reckless, you caught a reckless driving charge this offseason. Maybe what you got, bro. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just know that I have to pay almost $400 too. What? Yeah. To I mean, in all thing. fairness, 30 miles over the speed limit is kind of like the speed limit in Miami, you know, like after <laughs> exactly. <for> so long. <laughs> exactly. It's not exactly. I mean, you know? if you don't go, if you don't go over 30 miles per hour, people's gonna be like on, on you, like, hey, let's go move. You know how it is, Jelly. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of the like guy a, just happened to be there. You have a, do you have a Lambo too, Yelly? Um, potentially. What does that mean? I might, have, I, I may have one. I may have, may have stumbled you got one, across Yelly? one over the last couple of years. Huh? Really? You got yeah. one? Yeah. Nice. We have the, we have the same car. I just nobody knows. Nobody. <laughs> really? Yeah. Let's go. We got we we ride the same car. Let's go. Is yeah. It, is it like also it. white? No, it's a it's a matte gray. 
Yeah. Ooh. Matt Gray, yeah. You haven't brought that by the crib one time, man. I know. Well, there's like, there's probably like five people that actually know I have it, but now there's obviously a lot more now that we <laughs> third on here. But uh, I like it, Jelly. I like it. You know, that, they, just that's little, a, that's like little, nice... little subtle things. I, I don't know why it is. Like I'm so like weirdly like private about my life. It's like it's uh, it's crazy, but yeah, it's, it's okay. one of my like it it's one of like my weird things of where I just like. I don't know. I've always been that way, kind of, and just yeah. That's no okay. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. That's cool. Yeah. Would you like this as a hood ornament, or no? I would love that. I think I probably got one of these laying around here somewhere. Actually, there's probably one in here somewhere. Oh yeah, I got, back, look bro? at this one. How about this one? Look. There we go. Oh, I used to. Man. I used to crush so the one. The one that there. remember. The, the, remember this wall? That was yeah. the wall in Seattle. <laughs> are you crying? Hey, my face still hurts from that. I think I still oh get my like, headaches. God, from that. Bro. I think that, that that was the day that we almost threw a no hitter, right? The next day. That was the, the we threw it day. almost in the night game. And then the next day it was like uh it was, so like the story behind that one was like I don't know, maybe the year before or two years before uh Dyson robbed me of a Hummer in Miami when he was on the Royals. There you go. So I he remember, was hitting, yeah. and like I always told myself, like if I ever get a chance to like get this guy back, I've got to get him back. Like you stole a Homer from me in the show. Like that's I'm never gonna get that back the rest of my life. There's always gonna be one less one. So anytime I've been robbed, I think like four homers, four or five homers in my career. So like every time, like I I, I got to get you back. So he hit that ball, and I was playing center. And off the bow, I was like, oh, like this is the one. I'm I'm going, I'm getting them back right here. And so I just I was playing pretty shallow. They had me like shallow and kind of shaded towards like left center. Cause I don't know, forever. I think they thought he was gonna like slap the ball over there. Ah, because he and got he, the noodles back. Yeah. And he absolutely crushed this ball. And I I was like, oh wow, this actually might be a homework. So I kind of remember turning, like putting my head down. Like I didn't even look up for I don't know, five, six, seven, like really hard steps. And I didn't do like the best job of like finding the wall and finding the ball. Like I, I found the ball, kind of looked for the wall, felt the warning track. And in my mind, I was like, okay, like you better jump right here because you're about to crush this wall. And hopefully if you jump, it kind of softens the the blow into the wall. If you can kind of jump into it rather than just running face first. But what happened was I, uh, I mistimed the jump a little bit and I jumped and I came up like six inches short of the wall. So I jumped and kind of like threw myself into the wall. And thankfully, like my oh, hat kind of like, crazy picture like this. Like, yeah. like that. I mean, it hurts so bad. I, I, if it wasn't for the bill of my hat, I would have my nose would have exploded. Like it would have been, it would have been so bad. But really, I just ended up getting my bell rung a little bit, ended up having a bloody lip and somehow held on to the ball. But in my mind, it was going to look super cool. I was going to rob him of a homer and, and get him back, but I didn't really rob him of a homer. I robbed him of a hit at the time. But yeah, I definitely, I definitely think I still feel that one. That was kind of that was kind of better than than robbing a homer. That play, that play itself, and you're smashing your face in the wall. I yeah. mean, I'm glad that nothing happened, but uh, I mean, that was funny. I wanted to just lay. I wanted to lay down there for like the next 15 minutes. I didn't really want to get up, but. Mathis, I always remember Mathis. Oh my you god! Get up every time. Yeah. If, you, you know, if you're hurt, you're hurt. If you, you know, then if you're not if you're hurt, not, you better, you better, you better get, get up every okay. time. So like, I, I was on the ground, like on my back, like oh my god, like that just hurt. Like that wall came out of nowhere, and then I was like, oh, I just like get up. And I remember each row being like, holy shit, are you okay? I was like, I don't know, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Coming over and like, I gave somebody the ball. I might have gave it to I might have gave it to Chewy or whoever was playing in left field. And like, I just <laughs> back in. Just the rest of the inning trying to like, okay, like lock it in here. Is that Edison Volquez oh, on the mound? Yeah. Oh, it's Man. Yeah. Look at hands on head. <laughs> and you, you still stick the hand up at the end. <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember. Like the ball Honestly, is here. I don't even know like what happened. Like I just it happened so fast and like I got smoked though. That was a pretty good hit right there. And yeah. definitely just kept telling myself in my head, like, get up, get up. Like get there's nothing worse than like, is gonna be. Yeah. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, there's nobody yeah. out there. The trainers are not coming out here right now. Like I refuse to like lay on the ground, have the training staff run out to center field and be like, 
I hate, that's one of those things I hate so much. I hate when trainers go on the field, like we stop the game, everything like, and the guy's like, okay, like I'm good. I can, I can tough it out. It's like, well, no shit. If you could have done that, you should have just done that the entire time. <laughs> I think if the trainer comes out to see you on the field, you better come out. Of the fucking <laughs> I don't know if I can say that on here, but I, that's like how passionate I am about it to where like, if they, if you take that much time, like even when I broke my kneecap in Miami, I was like trying to like get up and I was like, my legs like actually not working right now. So like, I don't, I don't think I can, <laughs> yeah. like, you want to keep hitting? I was like, well, yeah, but I don't think my leg works. So like, okay, you're done. But yeah, like, I think this shit's broken. I think I might have to get out of here. I actually didn't think it was broken. I mean, it hurts so bad, but I didn't think it was broken at the time. I was like, what is happening? Like this shit hurts so bad. I'm just trying to like catch my breath. But that was the thing. Like that's how we were raised kind of coming up in the game was like, we had a lot of good, tough, veteran players when we were young players so it's like if you're hurt you're hurt like that's fine but if you're not hurt like let's go like keep it moving get up like quit causing the scene basically and so that's kind of been my motto throughout the career is like i i hate when the trainers come out and, and see me and talk to me and i'm not hurt it's like okay like i might just need a second <laughs> that time i it was against yeah it was against the marlins too i remember yeah, just sitting there, like, i was like dude like, I, like you want to get up and i was like no, <laughs> like, I really like I need a second yeah. to catch my breath here and then maybe we'll be good. But, and then, yeah, I remember like them asking, oh, you want to keep hitting? Can you, can you keep hitting? I was like, I don't think my leg works. Like, I don't think I can, I don't think I can stand on it too well, but yeah, we walked, we walked off and didn't think it was broken at the time. And yeah, I got x-rays and that was, that was that, but that's kind of how we were raised coming up in the game. It was like, Hey man, like the trainer comes out if you need to. So that wall thing was like, I'm not, you guys aren't coming out uh, before here. and and before we jump i know i know we're closing out but uh not just because jelly's here uh what a, what an amazing guy to follow uh i mean it's not gonna be uh considered like everybody else you know like the the guy who talks uh leadership but the the way that he uh always play the game and and those little things that we he's talking a lot of young players can learn from that and and i feel like uh, Marlins organization at that time have a lot of players, right? Uh, older players, uh, guys with a lot of experience. We got Ichiro, we got, a, uh, uh, I mean, Donnie, we got uh, Barry Bonds and all this, all those guys who played the game for a long time. But you really you really can learn from Jelish. And, and I invite a lot of people to watch the way Jelish plays the game because, uh, I mean, he always going to run hard. He always going to teach you and he's going to, really be a leader by example. And that's what a lot of people likes, uh, likes when, when they play with him, uh, not, not be considered like a, uh, a leader because he talks or he yells at everybody. He, he actually, he, he don't, he don't really talk, talk much, but at the end of the day, he's a great leader. And I, I, one of the best leaders that I play with. You as well, man. Yeah. It's just, we always kind of believe that there's like a certain way you want to, conduct yourself and those are things you can always control man so no matter how talented you are um whatnot and obviously there's a lot of ups and downs in baseball but those are things that you can at least have an idea of how it's going to go every day you know you don't really know how your day is going to go out on the field but there's certain things in the game of baseball that you can you can control and that you have um conscious decisions that you can make every day of, of how you want those to be conveyed and come across and it takes time you know you don't I don't think you necessarily know all those things when you're a young player even now I think you still learn things in the game that you you didn't really haven't really experienced or haven't really seen every year um, that's what makes baseball pretty cool is every season every game every night you don't really know what you're going to see or what you're going to encounter and I think you're always constantly learning and evolving and um, trying to become a better player a better teammate um, or whatnot, you know, and hopefully everyone's always striving to do that as long as they're fortunate enough to play the game. Love it. Great parting words. So if we learn nothing else today, it's, Maybe uh, if you're hurt, you really better be hurt <laughs> or you're that we, that we have the same car now. Yeah. That big you, timing. If you see a, a Matt gray Lamborghini out in LA area, it's probably 22. <laughs> uh we're all trying to figure out what wedding he went to even though he gypped uh the, the couple on a gift not yet it's gonna happen i just gotta figure out what it's gonna be 
that what what in the world could you get these people that would change their life? I don't know. Sending uh, sending a bat, sign bat or something like that. I don't know if you're already giving some, but no, even that would like I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't think. I can't, <laughs> I can't wait to find out who this couple is. I am dying to know. E <laughs> true Hollywood story on that shit. Yeah, it was great catching up with you, man. Don't be a stranger. Maybe we, you know, maybe we grab a drink or something at some point. Yeah, I mean, it's great to see you guys. I was actually always wondering when my when my invite to come on the show is going to be. And I follow you both on social media, and I always see you guys do the show. But I was like, I'm, I'm going to buy my time. And then I uh, so here's the thing: Mickey could have just texted me, but he didn't save my new number. I texted him my new number, and he didn't save it. So he, he DM me. Maybe slid in my DMs asking if I wanted yeah. to go on the show. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, man, you got the, you got the same yeah, number. I was like, yeah, I got the same number. I was like, yeah, I'll just text you. It would it would be great if it had slid into the uh, DMs of the TikToker who stole your name. Better yet, oh, we would have had a great forty five minute conversation been, with that, that person. Maybe he hit me up on Instagram though. He didn't hit me up on TikTok. I see. I don't really know how to use TikTok very well yet, but you know, I'll hit you. I'll hit you on TikTok. I'm glad. I'm glad you're you're doing it yourself. You know, like you're not having like a a company that like you know manages your your DMs and all that stuff. I'm you know, we try. I'm still there. I got. I hit you back, and we got to go. I know. I know. I, saw that. <laughs> I don't know if I my fat ass could fit in the Lamborghini, but I want to ride in that thing. I'm just saying. Let's, Let's go. go. It's yeah. big. It's not. It's not. It's not a small one. It's. I mean, we got plenty of space. Oh, are you sure? Because I thought I would have yeah. to grease my my childbirthing hips just. No, to no, no, no. It's SUV, Rose. Oh, okay. My bad. Yeah. Okay. Come on now. Shit. All right. Uh, on, great hanging out with you, Yelly. Miggy, it's always great catching up with you as well. And thanks, everybody, for consuming the product here on John Boy Media. Special shout out to our producer extraordinaire, the seven foot tall Robbie Scirocco. We will see you next time on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media, all presented to you by SeatGeek.